So you walked into the morgue and said, this is going to be a Amazing. blank. This is going to be a steakhouse and bar and reception hall. Welcome to the Creator State, where we share stories of social innovation and entrepreneurship for movers, shakers, creators, and changemakers. Each episode will celebrate success and failure, ingenuity, and the endless pursuit of knowledge. Whether meeting friends for a drink or celebrating some of life's grandest occasions, places play an important role in shaping the meaningful moments in our lives. And today's guest, Shelby Worthington Loomis, has a talent for creating spaces people enjoy being in. We're with Shelby inside an event venue she owns in downtown Riverside. The building has a storied past. It opened in the 1920s as a hotel and furniture store. During World War II, it served as an anti-aircraft intelligence headquarters, and in the 70s, transformed into the Riverside Ballet Arts Dance School. In 2014, Shelby partnered with a friend to renovate the space into the unique event venue now known as Loft 84. I'm your host, Rekirby Hines. Welcome to the Creator State. Can you talk a little bit about how this space came to be? Maybe say a little bit about the name and then what you do in this space creatively. So actually, the space is Loft 84 and it is the 84th historical designation in Riverside and it's the loft because it's above. And we do weddings and events. We do anything from banquets to charity events to school functions, proms. So not just weddings, we, we cover a broad range of events. And how long has this space been in effect and what prompted you to <laughs> establish Loft 84? I was at my uh, nephew's wedding in Long Beach and I was looking at this historical building that they turned into a venue and I was like, there has to be something like that in Riverside because it was an amazing event and it was because of the surrounding and the building and just the architecture. And so I thought, I'm gonna find something like that in Riverside. And a friend of mine said, I have this building opening up, the ballet had moved and I'm not sure what to do with it and I was wondering if I could get your opinion on the best and highest use. And I walked in and I just started rattling off everything that this other venue was. And it was an inspiration. And so she said, great, when can you start? And I was like, no, 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 I'm just telling you the best and highest use. And she said, um, I think we both know <laughs> that this was meant for you to do. And at that time, I wasn't planning on taking on any other projects, but also realized it was something I couldn't pass up. So I started putting it out there into the universe and a very dear person in my life now ended up being my business partner and we pretty much knocked out the walls and and repainted and did all the background on G. Stanley Wilson that we could to wow. try to bring it back to its original character. So when do you know that an idea or in, in your case maybe a space is worth pursuing? Honestly sometimes I walk into spaces without the actual plan on walking into a space. It just happens to be I'm walking through that space to get to the next space to see <laughs> about something else and I end up getting that feeling. Spaces kind of talk to you. So when you walk into a space, it's gonna guide you on what that space was meant for, which is the best and highest use. And spaces know what they're meant for. So you're gonna cultivate that and you're gonna read it and you're gonna grow with it. 
and wow. that's what makes it successful. Wow. Yeah. That has got to be a very cool thing, a, a, a great way to exist. Yeah. Because you are always going somewhere in the space, out of a space. You're always getting these moments of creativity. Yes. Huh. Can you talk a little bit about uh, what you mean when you say the best and highest use? Yes. So if somebody were to come in here and say, oh, I'm going to put cubicles and we'll have a beautiful architecturally rendered office, <laughs> that's not going to be the best use for it and it won't be the highest use for it. So walking into a building and reading what that building wants. Yes. And usually it's original intent and bringing it back to that because a lot of buildings downtown have been made into offices or made into something that it wasn't originally and finding out what would be the best fit and what would make the most sense and create the most business because like you said yourself you've been in Riverside a long time and never been in this building yes and when Cindy and I took this building on from after the ballet had had it people were knocking on the door like can I come in because there were always classes going on, so you can't disrupt the classes, you know? And a lot of people were curious driving by and seeing these beautiful windows and, and eaves up here and, and not knowing what was up here or what it looked like. So having the opportunity to take a tour, which now downtown has a night where it's doors open and you can go and tour. I think this time we had 27 different buildings on the tour. But people really want to go into buildings and see what has become of them. Yes. And finding what the best and highest used, what you're going to get the most used and the best, you know, feeling and thing that people will be so desperate to get in because it literally is like busting at the seams to get in some of the buildings downtown. And so, you know, having that use and being able to accommodate people by that use is really important. And so I think. So this leads to a question of, has architecture been a part of your existence or is this something that um, has evolved uh, through, Riverside, th through Riverside educated me on architecture, I would say, because growing up, I never really thought about the architecture of ceilings and beams and walls and, and different, you know, alcoves. But going into a lot of the buildings in Riverside, you just become a fan and, and appreciating it and want to get to know more about it and wanting to dress a building around it. You know, I mean, it really does influence everything that you do when you walk in. Wow. Yeah. So you said you didn't want to take on any more projects at the time. So can you talk a little bit about what it is that you do, what the other projects yeah. are that you do? So I'm pretty much a business owner and community volunteer. Um, I've had a nightclub in Riverside for almost 17 years, and that was my first business that I opened in Riverside. Okay, and what's the um, name of it? Worthington's Tavern. Okay, great. So it's actually given me a platform to grow in the community and get involved in other things and other charity events and other boards that I've been involved with and has helped me grow in being able to help the community grow. And so I was really enjoying that. And then I tried going outside of Riverside and open a restaurant and unfortunately I had a family loss. And so I ended up selling the um, business and then decided to take a year off and just you know, do what I was doing. And literally three months later, this came into my life. Wow. So, <laughs> wow. yeah, it's wow. not that I didn't want to own another business. It's just, I was, I was thinking when most people have any kind of loss in their life that, you know, you take some time and I don't think that was meant to be the plan for me. So, yeah. Yes. Wow. That's very cool. So, so 
Tell me about your presence in the city. You, you, you know, just in our brief conversation, you've mentioned the city of Riverside. You mentioned looking or being in other places and kind of seeing things that are happening there. Tell me about your, your involvement with the city and your commitment to. Well, I'm 110% committed to the city and I'm actually the chair of the Riverside Downtown Partnership. This is my second year as chair and I'm on the board of directors for California Citrus State Historic Park. I'm on the athletic board of directors for UCR okay. and I am recently getting involved in United Way. I'm on a side committee for Golden Badge for the Riverside Police Department and I pretty much do a lot of community service helping other business owners that are struggling or need help with certain things in their, in their businesses or trying to start up a business in Riverside. So I try to bring businesses into Riverside that didn't originally plan to open in Riverside and help them with any other paperwork or licensing just to make it an easier process for them so that we can get them open quicker and have more business development in the city. Wow. So those were a lot of things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to ask about the downtown partnership, the Riverside Downtown Partnership, mm -hmm. and what are some of the things that you're doing with that entity as the city is growing and evolving? Well, the biggest thing is in the name alone, partnership. Um, it's a platform to be able to partner with every aspect of things that happen in the city. So any of the art festivals or any, you know, in, I mean, anything even from Riverside Transit with the grid system and just having input and knowledge. I mean, you really get to learn a lot about the city when you're involved with the partnership because you partner with many different avenues. So I get to know a lot that happens in the city before it happens and a lot of upcoming things. And it just honestly gives hope for the growth of our city and the strength that we have within. Very cool. So tell us something that's that's going to happen that we don't know is going to happen because we don't <laughs> know it's going to happen yet. And we won't tell anybody Well, except for the everybody. city does like to be kind of transparent. They like to let people know because they want to get people excited. So there are um, hotels opening up, which is going to help grow the city. We have a lot of conventions. Once the convention center was remodeled, the conventions have really gotten a lot stronger. And so we do need a lot more hotels. You know, hotels and parking are the biggest shortages in the city, and it, it is really aggressively being handled. And so the Hilton is opening up the R Hotel where the fire station was. Wow. And so that's actually going to implement the fire station into the design. So they're not taking away what the city has. They're actually adding to the bones of it. Wow. And there's a there's a food... Food, yes, the food lab is opening up and that yes. should be within another month or so. So that's 14 different unique eateries. And I kind of called it a Disney, you know, gastronomy because it's all craft and, and gastronomic eateries. And so that's going to be an exciting place. And that's one of the reasons why I'm really excited about, you know, trying to bridge the gap of UCR and downtown. We want to get the college students down here and get them enjoying what we have to offer and the new things that are coming up, you know, even even living downtown, like with Imperial Hardware Lofts. I'm a huge fan of Imperial Hardware Lofts and it's 91 units. It's going to open very soon. It's a great atmosphere for young adults and people that want to get into more of a metropolitan area. Yes. And then the Stadler building's opening up soon. I mean, they're groundbreaking already. And Imperial Hardware Lofts Rakovich is actually starting another project. And then we're going to have Chow Alley open up, which is actually the same developer as the Food Lab. And it's a container, you know, container city. Have you heard of those with no, the shipping containers? That. No. So I think it's approximately nine shipping containers, but there'll be individual restaurants and, and things that are going to be opening up in containers over by the old courthouse on Main. So. 
Something tells me that um, creative partnerships are an important part of what it is that you do. Can you talk a little bit about those partnerships? Absolutely. So I would say with the boards that I'm on, just all the different personalities, that creates my creative partnerships, <laughs> you know? Um, I, I don't, I, I don't um, not enjoy anyone's personality on my boards. It's, it's so great to see all the different thoughts and ideas that are out there for the community that I'm involved in. Um, and seeing what we do as a community together and as a board together. But in business, I've always kind of been on my own with Worthington's and never realized what it would be like to have a partner until I got into the wedding industry. And my business partner in the wedding industry is, we always say I'm social butterfly and she's social marketing, you know? Uh. She does a lot of the contracts, paperwork, different things like that. She's very creative with the things that she does. Yes. And then I go out and I'm in the community and I'm very creative with the things that I do. So we come together at the end of the day and it really does explode on all of the things that we've been able to do together and it's what makes us successful. It's, we both have different things that we're strong at and different strong points and I love her for hers and she loves me for mine and it's really made the strength in our business by knowing what we each do and by supporting each other on it. And that's a partnership. What is your creative activity when it comes to balancing the different entities that you're involved with? So you mentioned Riverside Downtown Partnership, you mentioned UCR Athletics, and you clearly have this space, and you also mentioned <laughs> um, the Citrus Park mm -hmm. uh, space. That may not be the correct name. Yeah, Citrus State Historical Park. But the, Historical the venues Park. that are there, there's a picnic and amphitheater, and then the Craftsman Bungalow, which is you know about 2,000 square feet. And then we also have the old chapel on uh, 14th Street. So those are the ones that are open currently. Wow. I think, honestly, um, strength in numbers. Um, being the chair of the downtown partnership, I wouldn't be successful with what I do if I didn't have a great board. The same with UCR Athletics, yes. if I didn't have the support of the board in the things that I want to do, because I am a creative person and sometimes that seems a little bit crazy with the ideas that I come up with, but just the fact that people have faith in me and kind of help with my ideas. I think, you know, having a business partner in the wedding industry, I never really have to feel like I'm on my own with anything. So. Honestly, a lot of people have a hard time depending on other people, but if you're not dependent and you work as a team, everything's a lot stronger. So good. What is your favorite state of creativity? So, so, yes. Destruction. What, this, okay. <laughs> when I walk into a place and it looks like an absolute mess, I think that's when I'm the happiest because I know that it's a blank canvas and anything can happen with it. We're actually getting ready, uh, me and my business partner, Cindy Alden, are getting ready to take on a morgue. And you go in there and, I mean, Jesus the Shepherd painting is there and all the beams are there and all the Spanish Moorish painting. That building, this building, and the old chapel on 14th Street are all G. Stanley Wilson buildings. And his architectural design kind of runs throughout all of his buildings. And we walk in there and everyone's like, oh, this is a huge, you know, undertaking. <laughs> not yeah, to wow. make a play yes. on words, but, uh, but we really don't really see that standing in our way. I mean, this building was very dilapidated and, you know, needed a lot of work and, and the chapel as well, but 
with the team efforts, I mean, these places have become an amazing institute in Riverside to start growing all over again. And so we want to bring that as much as we can to as many. So buildings. you walked into the morgue and said, this is going to be a amazing. Blast. This is going to be a steakhouse and bar and reception hall. <laughs> wow. And there's so many directions we can go with uh -huh. that, but we won't. And I know that building. I actually mm -hmm. have looked at the building and the, the exterior is, is phenomenal. It's the architecture. How did you land at a steakhouse? So my business partner has always wanted to own a restaurant and bar. And we support each other in all of our ventures. So I already have my nightclub that I've had for almost 17 years. And she's always wanted to do that. And when we came across this location and it fit both of the things that we love to do in our lives, it was a no-brainer. Wow. Yeah. So this, this New Steakhouse, you mentioned, is uh, one of several Stanley Wilson. G. Stanley Wilson. G. Stanley Wilson architectural designs in the city. Can, yes. you, can you tell us a little bit about, I saw there's a photo, or there's a painting of him. Yes. In the entrance to this mm -hmm. space. Yeah, so Loft 84 was an old hotel and ballroom. So this is where everybody ate and danced, and then all the offices that have been rehabbed used to be the hotels. After that, it became the ballet, and it was the ballet for many, many years. So Darcy Kistler, she was a ballerina in Riverside and ended up going to New York and becoming very successful. So the mezzanine downstairs was named after Darcy Kistler, ballet mezzanine. Yeah. While G. Stanley Wilson, who is one of the biggest architects in Riverside, after he did the rotunda, took a lot of the pieces that were left over and came and implemented them in this building. Wow. So you'll see a lot of things here that you'll see at the Mission Inn. And um, so we put a painting of him in the rotunda the day that it opened across from the G. Stanley Wilson room and then put his picture outside the room, which we kind of mimicked to be what his apartment may look like if he were still in this time. <laughs> wow, that's yeah. very cool. Mm -hmm. that's, that's really great. So what right now are you excited about creatively what's what's the next thing that you are probably <clears throat> going to walk into or have already walked into and are looking to destroy <laughs> so the destruction has already started <laughs> and the reconstruction is already in the process so one of the things that excites me in life is not only to be successful in what i do and in my endeavors but to bring other people on board yeah. um, right now i have um, my son and my brother are both um, opening a business and i'm helping them with that and it's opening up on main street it's called retro taco and it's going to be an international taco shop. So there'll be like wow. Vietnamese tacos and Irish tacos, lots of different kinds of tacos, but it'll be a fun place that students will wanna come and hang out and also families can come and feel like they're having a good time and being in, in a light environment. So it'll be really great that people can go in and not be in a stressed and rushed environment and they can just enjoy themselves. There's like 24 foot ceilings and you know, it's, it's gonna be a really good environment and it's on Main Street. So I'm watching that kind <laughs> of come into fruition right now as the other two things that me and my business partner yes. are kind of in the works on. Retro taco. Retro taco. So you've mentioned a couple of times the desire to create a stronger connection between the university, between UCR and downtown. Can you talk a little bit about that desire and what are some of the things that, are, that, that you're working on perhaps that the university and the downtown partnership are, are working on together? And where do you see that relationship going? So honestly, I have conjoined kids from, you know, a, a later marriage in life. And with the five kids, they've all gone to college. And going and visiting them in college and going into their college towns and seeing a presence has always been really exciting. And I kind of felt like they were in a more 
enjoyable atmosphere and also something that was supportive of what they were doing in school. Not just, you know, it, it's, it's not either all work or all play. You have to have both at the end of the day. So my thought was get them involved in the downtown partnership, invite them to the lunches, have them come into town, get athletics in here. So I think, you know, making it more accessible for people, having a student store, having something that represents downtown, having artwork that, you know, reminds people of the students and, and getting the students more involved in downtown is going to grow the city even more. And once downtown grows, it just keeps going out. So pretty soon you could be five miles away and you're still a part of everything going on in downtown. So I was a student at UCR uh, a while ago, late 80s. When I was a student at UCR, I didn't come downtown a lot. I didn't spend a lot of time downtown. And so I am very interested in this, the endeavor to get students more engaged with downtown and hopefully getting the city itself more engaged with the university. How do you see that job or that endeavor going and why is it important <clears throat> to you? Well, for one, it's probably an easier job than it would have originally been because downtown has grown so much since yeah. then. I mean, back then there was maybe two or three places to come to enjoy yourself, and now you can walk from place to place. So it's becoming more of an entertainment district now. Yes. And the city has done such a great job, you know, with all of our staff and our council and our city managers and our mayor of helping bring these things and actually making them work. So it's not just an idea anymore. There's actually things being done about it. And I think that it's becoming so big, you would have to ignore it not to be a part of it. Oh, cool. Yes, I, and I've noticed that uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights downtown Riverside are very different than they were when mm -hmm. I was a student here. And, you know, I was, I, every time I drive through and I, I get stuck in a little bit of traffic because there are, you know, dozens of people yeah. crossing uh, in front of me, I, I, that's exciting to me. Speaking of education, how has education and learning played a role in the things that you're doing now? Clearly you, you place a value on knowledge and information yes. and, and education. How has it played a role in, in what you're doing now? Um, it kind of like paved the way for me to be able to learn how to start the things that I do and going to school and learning how to study and put guidelines for myself and kind of put, because when you're a creative source, you don't really think in a structured manner. So it probably helped me structure wise. Nice. So school helped me with my structure and what I did in life helped me further the education of what I do. So, so here's a question. Um, when you meet someone uh, mm -hmm. at, at a party or on the elevator and they ask you what you do, mm -hmm. what do you say? Pretty much I just give them, I'm a business owner and a community volunteer. And if they want to hear more, yes. then I have a business card that has my name and my phone number and my, my email address. And on the back, it has the logo of each one of my businesses. Other than that, I, I don't like to start spitting out 10 different businesses right. and have people be like, oh, you know, I just, I'm involved in a lot of business and I'm just proud of everything that I, I have my hands in. I'm more proud of everything in the community that helps me because that's what I was able to get those businesses from is my community connection. Very nice, very nice. I wanna shift a little bit and I wanna talk about um, how setbacks have played a role in your journey as a creative, as an entrepreneur, as a, uh, someone who, who sees 
what isn't there and envisions what can <clears throat> be there. So how has setbacks uh, played any, any role in this? I don't know. I don't really see many setbacks. I, I think everything is education. Things are going to work or they're not going to work. And I don't really see not working as a setback or a failure or, or anything like that. I kind of see it as a growth to the education of what needs to be done or what will work. Yes. I always feel that looking at things in a positive manner makes people feel more positive and more successful in every endeavor they do. When people start worrying about their setbacks or mistakes or failures, I think that's when they stop trying and stop taking chances. And life is all about chance. When people look at the things that may not have worked, instead of looking at it as a setback or as a failure, if they just look at it as an education to the next step mm. that they're going to need to take to make it work, then they're going to be more positive in their business and a lot more successful because confidence is what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur. Now, let's get into the creator state of mind. In each episode, we ask our guests to share what's been on their minds, something they can't stop thinking about, a new challenge they're facing, or what's inspired them into action recently. We call it the creator state of mind. Something that's inspired me? Yes. Honestly, I think the community, hmm. like the way that they reach out. I think everybody's hungry now to make this a bigger place and it is inspiring. And even outside of business, it makes me wanna do more and it makes me wanna do more with the community and just community involvement is an inspiration to me every day. Yes, wow. Very cool. You are in multi-layered state of creativity. Mm -hmm. And I would love to have you tell us what it is that you enjoy the most about where you are in this creative state mm -hmm. right now. Honestly, I think I'm always in a multi-layer <laughs> state of being because opportunity seems to come my way a lot. and. Being out in the community is why yes. um, every time I turn around, like even with UCR, you know, looking for a place and a location for the student store is where I ran across Retro Taco Space. And wow. so now it's like, okay, and then UCR goes here and then, you know, and then I found another space after that. And then, you know, me and my business partner looked into that one. And the next thing you know, we're planning out what that one's going to be, which that one's still, you know, hush hush. But, and then we still have, you know, the Whiskey Ridge and the ranch at Whiskey Ridge when, wow. you know, the morgue is ready to be started for construction phase. But literally, I'm always in a state of multi-layer. And I think I like that because when things calm down, that's usually when I get restless. So I think I love the fact that I always get to be creative. I get to be creative every day. That's what I do for a living. That's what I do for a living. It is always a valuable learning opportunity to take time to reflect. At the end of each interview, we like to ask our guests this. In hindsight, what is something you wish you would have known when you were starting out? I always thought as a younger person that you had to have all this money to start a business or that you had to have all this knowledge of how to do the paperwork or file permits or licenses. And I never really realized that you could just go out and ask the city for help and that they would because everybody wants you in their town. They want the growth for the city. And so I kind of waited a little bit longer in life. And I did own a business when I was younger. Uh-huh. Um, I started off with a hot dog cart outside of Home Depot. 
Oh, wow. And before I knew it, I was making $110,000 a month selling hot dogs. I think, hot dog I, I think I contributed to, <laughs> to, to your sales. Yeah. And then before I knew it, I had three and then I had five. And then after that, Home Depot started regulating how things were being done. And I just decided that, you know, I wanted to do something different and I wanted more of a brick and mortar and I wanted to establish myself and kind of plant my feet in, you know, in an area that had a community that I could grow in instead of being spread all over town. And that's when I chose downtown Riverside. Wow, this is, you said something that is so important that I just want to, to emphasize or, or revisit. And that is the idea that the city and the communities are open to helping yes. helping you out. Can yes. you just talk a little bit maybe about how you that discovery and, <clears throat> and how that helped you move forward? Well, when I started in Riverside, I really didn't know anything and it was it's it's almost intimidating walking into a building and you have the fire department and then you have to go to this floor and you know go to the public works and this floor and, and go to planning and you know you just you kind of feel lost in the process and um, Riverside started a one-stop shop so you go to the third floor and everybody's there and you check in and they pretty much guide you through the process and I know that I've already gotten through the process but they're always there willing to help if I need anything and because I'm a creative person you know me and my business partner we get ourselves into some situations where people are like uh <laughs> so they help us figure it out together and they have meetings with you and they'll get everybody involved but um I think it's going to be a benefit for all the new businesses that come down because it's going to be a lot easier for them to be able to process what needs to be done in order to open their brick and mortar. Yes. Wow. That is, that is, Shelby, it's been a pleasure. It was really great talking to you Thank and I'm, you. I've gleaned quite a bit of information that I need to make notes on for myself uh, as a creative person, but someone who's also invested and engaged in this community uh, and want to help to want to help it grow and it sounds like you figured it out. <laughs> you figured out some things. And so I, I truly appreciate your time. Thank you. Yes. It was nice to talk to you. Yes. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Find behind the scenes video and more information about our guests at creatorstate.com. Write us at creatorstate at ucr.edu or find us on Twitter and Facebook at The Creator State. There's a team creating this podcast. Help us out by subscribing on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen. And while you're there, leave us a review. Our producer for the show is Jennifer Merrick, with video, audio, and editing by Christy Zwicky, Christina Rodriguez, David Silos, Chan Moon, and Rosemarie Kwong. Digital strategy by Kelly McGrail and designed by Chrissy Danforth, Denise Wolf, Brad Rowe, and creative director Luis Sanz. The show is brought to you by the University of California, Riverside. I'm your host, Rekirby Hines. Thank you for joining us in the Creator State.